0: So it's Friday, August 21st, 2020, and welcome back to This Week in Housing. I'm Tom Ferry, super excited that you're with us this morning. Uh, as always, it's a live show here on Facebook, so uh, we're just going to wait a couple of minutes and uh, let everybody, you know, get themselves organized and onto the show, uh, but let's go ahead and introduce our panelists, uh, as always, uh, the man of the hour who brings us all this incredible data, he and his team at KCM, uh, so David, good morning.
1: Good morning, Tom. It's exciting to be here. On, I mean, you just said the twenty-first of August. I'd look at my watch and confirm that. Uh,
0: yes, it's yes. crazy. I think many of us uh, around probably March twentieth. I actually say this. I would say the first two weeks of March went really fast. The second two weeks of March of twenty twenty, I felt took like a decade and a half to get right. through. Um, but I remember, as I, as I said to many of you you know, that were part of our pivot program, our coaching members, I said, hey, listen, we're running a marathon, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a 40-yard or a 50-yard dash. We need to slow down and focus on doing the right thing, starting with taking care of you. So uh, it's good to see everybody healthy and moving forward. So let's do some more introductions. Uh, Coach Yvonne coming in from Sandpoint, Idaho. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Coach. What's the good word in Sandpoint? I think we Good lost morning. your audio. There we go.
2: <laughs> well, it's a lovely day up here in North Idaho. And uh, yeah, action is happening everywhere. And uh, after this, I'm going to go golfing. I love it.
0: Well, we're going to show a slide today that uh, that I believe Idaho is the only state in the U.S. where affordability hasn't gotten better because Everybody I know from California is moving up there, so congrats! Hope you're selling a bunch.
2: They're coming um, from everywhere. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing. I'm seeing the same exact thing. So, and also we have uh, Coach Alisa Essig coming in from Baltimore. So, uh, good morning, Coach. How are you?
3: Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me again. I appreciate yeah. it.
0: Yeah, outstanding. So, give us a quick State of the Union. What's going on in Baltimore?
3: Uh, well, it's it's the same as it's been. You know, it would be April like this is what april feels like um sure. when everybody's trying to close today because it's august 21st and they want to yep. get in before school starts before whatever before september happens um so yeah and interest rates are just keeping buyers coming into the market so yeah,
0: yeah. it's really it's uh, i mean i know you know for three of us as coaches and for david because of your you know your activity with so many ceos and all these companies and all these agents through kcm We're all seeing the same thing. And I know everybody out here watching live. um, The phrase I keep using is we basically compressed six months of buying and selling activity into maybe two and a half to three. And if you're our friends in Manhattan or over the, you know, over the Hudson and Hoboken, it's coming, right? It's coming and it's coming quickly. It's summertime in New York City, David. Everybody's gone, right? Everybody's gone. But the best agents, like the one I just talked to this morning, big shout out to Josh Rubin. He is listing properties like crazy because he knows his compression of time, which would be about nine months into probably two September, October. So exciting yeah. times. So for my friends that are out there, it's eight thirty-two. Why don't we jump into the show? Um, you know, we've got a lot to cover today. Uh, we're going to talk about forbearance we're going to talk about home prices we're going to talk about affordability we're going to talk about a little unemployment we're going to talk about what the builders are saying which by the way david the slides on the builders everyone that's paying attention um i shared that this morning with a client from new york city who was shocked because you know the hallucination is the builders aren't building and you know they're not going to build and they're very nervous and skeptical And I want to remind all of you of a a statement that both David has shared with me as well as uh, Steve Harney. When someone gives you a fact, a data point, something about the market, the question to always ask after you smile and listen with great empathy and understanding is, can you show me the article where you read that? I'd really like to see that, right? Because we know that most people today, they're giving their opinion about the market. They're giving you their fear, their the way they view the world versus, hey, right. let's talk data and facts and math to keep us on the left brain, not on that crazy right brain. So uh David, with that said, you also were surrounded by three redheads. So <laughs> good good luck.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I need it.
0: But let's talk about let's talk about unemployment numbers. You know, they just came out again. Yeah. So why don't we start there, and if you want to take over with the slides, and then the ladies and I will jump in and contribute our uh, our thoughts and opinions as we go through all this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, let's let's start this conversation around forbearance. You know, it's something we've been talking about over the weeks, and unemployment came out this week. And you, you made a point there, Tom. Somebody may say, you know, this is going on, or, or this, or I heard this. There's a difference yes. between what can be said and what somebody can hear, right? And so we always want to bring this is what's going on in the market so i'll yes. share this with you it's the updated you know graphic around the weekly unemployment you know when, when i look at this i go gosh you, know, you go back to to march and you just mentioned it tom uh, as you were uh, you know starting you know in the time we've come here look at, at the you know the drop in unemployment certainly it's it's high but the trend there we're not back where we were and over time this this is coming down now what's out in the news here this week. So we bumped up a little bit uh, this past week and you know that may cause somebody to say hey I hear unemployment's going back up and we're going to watch this and we're going to stay on top of it. But I I, you know we don't see that trend right now. What we want to look for is a trend. No doubt that we saw a little bit less than a million uh, filings the prior week. This week uh, about 1.1 that came out yesterday and so we're going to watch that. But the trend there overall is unemployment is dropping and um, you know, that conversation always, uh, you know, leads into what about people that are impacted. And we always say, you know, if there's one person that doesn't have a job that wants it, we want them to have it uh, and, and get back to work. And, you know, luckily, during this time, we've had this thing called forbearance that has been built, uh, you know, by uh, you know, Fannie and Freddie and, and, and an avoidance of some of the catastrophe of back in 2008. And, and I want to start here, some of the concerns of forbearance versus the reality. So if we dial back the clock and we look at what, you know, forecasters were saying could be as much as 30% of individuals needing to apply for, uh, you know, for help in making their mortgage payment or Uh, You know, some type of assistance because they've been impacted economically through their job, whatever the case may be, uh, in this, you know, health crisis that's caused an economic downturn. Now, we know the the peak was actually at 8.6% of mortgages that have had to go into active forbearance. And we know currently we sit at about uh, 7.21% of mortgages actively in forbearance. Now, if you follow KCM, you saw a blog we we posted this week, and maybe uh, something on Instagram or, or or you know different platforms of hey, uh, the number. Go ahead, Tom.
0: David, before you do though, yeah. go back two slides for a second. Yep. And I want I want to get the ladies involved in this. I hear at least two to three times a week in a coaching session, a client will say to me, you know, Alicia, you know, I've got this, I've got this buyer I'm working with, I've got this seller I'm working with, and they're they're waiting for a sign. Right, they're waiting for like you know, is it getting Uh better? Is it getting worse before they move forward? So we're going to cover a lot of data today, but I want to just I want to I want to get both ladies' opinion on this. To me, when I look at this, this is a sign. Right, this is a sign. So Alicia, thoughts on that? Yvonne, thoughts on that? Like, you know, how do we help the agents that are watching right now that have that buyer that are like, oh. I want to do it, but I'm just afraid what's going to happen or is the world going to fall apart? You know, the first quarter, I heard that one this morning, everyone's going to get fired in the first quarter. No one's going to go back to the office. All hearsay. Ladies, thoughts and opinions on that first slide?
3: Go ahead, Alicia. Um, so I'm, I'm personally not hearing that, to be honest. So I'm not hearing that either in my local practice or amongst my coaching clients. Um, when I look at this slide and when um, we looked at or I looked at it last night, my my curiosity because i always want to break it down just like you tom is how does this slide and you guys may have covered this uh apply like i'm sorry what's the word um oh the brain just stopped functioning what does pre-pandemic unemployment applications look like sure and so how does how does our current so we've come down from from the height Mm -hmm. and we're now hovering at this like one mil one one point one right so what does it relate to? So is this basically, are we kind of back to normal? Like, is that what normal looks like? Or is this, is this not normal? And, and I think if and when I would hear that, I would want that statistic, like this is actually no different than non-pandemic life. Like
2: that's where we are. I agree. And I would also add, you have to look at your personal area and state because this is now, employment is now going to be very specific to location i was just listening to the news footlocker sent all of their employers employees back took them all off furlough except for california so you know when you start looking at those micro spots you're going to start having difference of opinions in different locations so make sure you get hyper local yeah sure.
0: i i agree 100 percent. alicia i should i should have pointed out higher end you know one to four million dollar price range people that are working to buy those houses that's the objection that you know a few of these people have been getting like we're just not certain like what's going to happen what's going to happen with the election
2: I I think that's going to start here we're going to start hearing more of that when we get about 30 days out of that election maybe a little closer right now the biggest challenge we're seeing isn't about the fear of buying it's fear of selling where am I going to go yeah yep
0: We've been, yeah. hey, that's a, a major topic we'll be discussing at the summit for two and a half days. So, yes. Yeah. Um, those well, we, of, let me respond yeah, to Alicia's
1: points real yeah. quick because there, there, you made a couple of really, really good points. The first one is there is a general fear that is not unfounded. And there are people, I'm going to call them on YouTube and different things that are saying unemployment's about to go back up. Here's the most direct answer I can give you for that no one is forecasting that. Uh-uh are people saying it? There are some people saying it. No one reputable is forecasting that. So that's number one. Now we don't have a crystal ball. I can't give you tomorrow's news and we're going to follow it. But from a forecasting standpoint, that's not true. Now the second point was a was a really good point is where do we sit relative to pre-pandemic unemployment now those numbers bouncing around call it three to four hundred thousand a week we're at 1.1 here's what i call that we're back in striking distance are we there we're not there yeah but we're not at it's six million jobs lost in a week or or you know or some uh, you know former fashion there so that's that that is the story there is like okay now we're at a multiple of two maybe three times where we were which is gosh when we look at what we've come through that is great great news
2: the numbers don't justify the hallucination right that's yeah
0: well there was a line uh david you said two weeks ago and i think it hopefully you can just recall it real quick about headlines basically created oh, Yeah. Headline
1: again. It, it came well first of all it's not my line let me clarify that it came from a New York Times or a Wall Street Journal article that said headlines do more to terrify than clarify. Yeah. And that's the reality of the world that we live in today. is a headline's designed to get viewership, to get clicks, to get people to look at it, it's not designed to give you any type of, of information, I would argue
2: world enough to know the Enquirer magazine on the, the <laughs> check stand, you know,
0: Right.
1: that
2: the headline was to get you to grab it and put it on there to check out.
0: <laughs> I can still see it. Michael Jackson's alien baby. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so let's go to this one, because I think this is also one of those, as I flip it right off the table, the conversation around forbearance when everybody said, Oh my goodness, the whole world's going to end. Yeah. Let's go back to this because I want to hear from the ladies. How would you take this and tell the world or tell your Instagram and Facebook followers this story?
2: I would just say that um, it's interesting because this slide and the next one, um, you know, it's number of mortgages in active forbearance is leveling off. And then the next slide's talked about, and we're going to get there, talked about how they're being paid, though. They're in active forbearance, but the mortgages are being paid. Right. so you have to take all of that big picture in one piece to explain that to people that hey what they did in my opinion consumers went out and heard on the news yep stop making your payment yep and the banks will be all for it okay then the consumer went row <laughs> that wasn't a good idea and uh, now they've they've two months, no payment, they went back and started making payments, but they've got to bring those two months current. So I think that's what we have to look at that and explain it, that if, if that were to go away right now, these numbers would even be a lot less. Yeah.
0: Alicia, thoughts on that? It,
3: it, very similar to what Yvonne said. It, it's, it's about, again, that perception, people only read the headlines, right? It, it's kind of like the, the second subject line. They'll read the headline and the second subject line Um, and, and then that's it. They, they think that they've gotten the whole thing. Um, and so they're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not pay my mortgage payment or I'll go ahead and I'll apply. I think that this is still yet to see because these forbearance, the actual forbearance agreements are getting ready to expire, um, or potentially be extended one way or the other. And I think that between the unemployment, like people will say, people don't buy a house to not pay their mortgage. They just don't. No. So I think that they want to do, they want to do the right thing. And so we'll see what happens in the next 30 days. Um, the forbearance stuff, again, I'm not hearing a ton of that right now.
2: So um, it was all about the fear, you know, um, right. <clears throat> the, the fear, that initial forecast of 30%, the initial forecast of, of job losses and how it was going to annihilate businesses and all of that. Now the reality has occurred and it, it's not as bad as what the initial forecast was.
0: Right.
1: David? Right. I, I, you know, it was in my mind there, Thomas, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? What's the likely scenario? Those are, those are situations we deal in every day. Right. Yes. Um, and, and oftentimes as these things happen and, and let's just, let's, let's pause in time here and go back just a couple of months where people were saying this is as bad or worse than the great depression. And let's look at where yes. we are
0: today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you were clicking right into that next slide before I, I drove us backwards for a couple of minutes there. So the number yeah. of mortgages and active forbearance is leveling off.
1: Correct. So you, you know if you look at this slide, you've seen it, uh, you know certainly on social. If you're following keeping current matters on Instagram, Facebook, different places, but we look at the beginning of July where we were at about four and a half million uh, mortgages across the country, and now we sit at uh, three point nine millions that are in uh, mortgages that are in active. Forbearance. What does that mean? They've they've declared, hey, we, we, we need forbearance. Now we'll break that down just like it was mentioned. And what are people doing there? But the, the, the good news is this is leveling off, if not, you know, certainly over the last two months dropping. And we want to see that continue to drop. There is a provision by the CFPB. If you're still in trouble, you can, uh, you know, continue a request uh, to extend that forbearance talked about the significant equity in homes across the country today if someone should uh, need to uh, you know to to liquidate their home sell their home and and the scenario there and I think we all you know we even talked about that in the Susie Ormond uh, you know conversation that we had and and I'm not saying that as we go through the next 12 months there aren't going to be foreclosures we're going to actually I'm I'm, the team's breaking down a lot of that right now for uh, what we deliver at the summit and really, the you know, we're sitting at a point right now in this country that we're at record low uh, foreclosures because there's been a moratorium placed on foreclosures uh, yeah. based on forbearance. And so a lot of that information is starting to come out now, but I, I think it's compared to where we were, it's, it's favorable.
0: Yeah. And to be clear, David, there's foreclosures happening every day across the country, not right now, clearly because of the new regulations, but prior to this, there was foreclosures right. every day. Right. Absolutely. Right. We, we just, yeah. but when we hear foreclosure, we go 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, housing we, you know, and everybody gets into a state of panic. But remember, right. like, it was happening in 2004, when the market yeah. was screaming hot, there were still agents that we work with that were getting foreclosure listings. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, absolutely. There's always
2: that. There's always divorce. There's always job loss. There's always death. There's always kinds of things that these happen, and the foreclosure market is consistent. I mean, I've been in that world since 1994, and it just it just goes. You know, the REO agents that have those accounts, they get them every year, all year long. They're just not in large numbers, and people have to not think so negatively towards that that uh, topic.
1: Yeah, 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 I think it's a great point. You know, I, I flipped the slide here to, to just show just another uh, reaffirmation of that. The percentages of mortgages that are in forbearance is uh, decreasing as well over the months. You can see it there. Uh, if we look at that as a line graph right here, this is very interesting. You see that mm-hmm. Fannie, Freddie, Jenny, the, those deals are, are dipping down. The one that's kind of kind of plateaued there is is labeled private label. Okay, so think about these as, you know, in our, in our business, typically is referred to as a non-QM. It's somebody that doesn't fit the box. This is not you know, old Alt-A or subprime or things like that. And, you know, typically in a in a private label, and this is not true of every one of them, but but there's much, uh, oftentimes, a much more fiscally literate person in that that's, uh, you know, managing debt versus incurring debt. And, you know, I think about that a lot of times and they, they maybe entered forbearance in the federal government or whoever the, the servicer was said, you want to pay now or later? And they said, well, I'll pay later, you know? Um, and so we're starting to track this by, you know, the type of loan and what's going on there so that we have a big, uh, you, you know, a complete picture there. But the point that, that was made earlier is that more than a million households in forbearance here, you see from DS News, it was published just two days ago, uh, in forbearance are still paying their mortgage. That comes from MBA and Black Knight that shown about a quarter of households in active forbearance are still making their mortgage payments. So we've got about four, four million across the country, a million of those are uh, still making their payment and, and are on time. And then the, the, the others are in some form of, you know, maybe they've missed multiple payments, maybe they've missed a portion of those payments uh, and you know, in some form of, of uh, you know, forbearance relative to that. So we're gonna stay on top of this and continue to watch it, but it's very good news relative to what we, you know where we started uh, in this conversation. Yvonne, I think also on that private Yvonne.
2: label, people have to remember those include jumbo loans and a mm-hmm. lot of people in the jumbo market. They are uh, company owners, CEOs of companies. Mm-hmm. They do it strategically. Yeah. So there mm-hmm. are certain things that you have to take into consideration on those private label loans as well. Yeah.
0: So really quick from the audience, I'd like to I'd like to just ask everybody a question. When you hear all these numbers and these slides and these opinions, I, lo- I want to know from you in the comments. How do you see yourself educating people on the facts, the data, these, you know, these talking points that we're discussing? I want to see it in the comments. Let your marketing mind work for a minute. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just give us, how do you see, you know, like literally today, Yvonne, i was on a call with Josh Rubin and I said, okay, so your client told you that in New York City, everyone's going to lose their job in the first quarter. And I just read him all of these slides and he's like, can you send me a copy of those? right? Because I'm going to make a video on that. Now, Josh is a very successful agent in New York City, my friends, you know, 140, 150 transactions, you know, a couple hundred million dollars in volume. So he just said, I'm just going to take that stuff and just start posting it everywhere. I want to know from all of you, right, in the comments, how are you going to use this, right? So I want to see it in the comments. And then, David, let's go right into prices while while they're bringing in their comments here.
1: Absolutely. So I want to start the pricing conversation off with this. This was a, a you know, point we made last week. I brought the actual quote here from the Black Knight study that was published by Mortgage News Daily. It says this, those shopping for a home can afford 10% more home than they could have a year ago while keeping their monthly payment unchanged. This translates into nearly $32,000 more in buying power that's the story of the market that we're in right now. And mm-hmm. Tom, you and I talked about it last night of just looking at this and going, this is the message we have to get out there. This is what is, is the substance of today's market.
0: Ladies, when you, uh, when you read that, what goes on in your marketing minds?
2: So much, I mean, I'm sitting here right now and I've got an app on my phone to figure out what payments are. And I plugged in a conventional mortgage of 5% down. Uh, 350,000 average sales price out there, and at two and a half percent interest, it's about $1,900, and that includes your taxes and insurance, um, California taxes and insurance. And at five percent interest, it goes up to $2,500. So it's a thou- it's 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 five six hundred dollars difference to get $350,000 house. I mean, and that just goes across the board. The buying power is magical right now. It's ridiculous. Yes. um and you know you have to get that message out you have to tell people um and then the people that are sitting there going I'm going to wait for my rate to go to one and a half I'm like are you serious (laughs) this is like free money and you need to take advantage now because you can't time that market you don't know what's going to happen two months from now that rate could go to six tomorrow I've watched it happen many times
0: uh, hey how about last uh, July and August when it went from like in the threes to five and the whole row went <laughs> almost almost yeah, yeah. gave it into a mini recession yep
1: yeah I mean you know I, I did a lot of just reading this morning you know inflation comes out next uh, week PCE and that's gonna be a number that that, that is going to be looked at and yep. you know we've seen in this business as the economy gets better, rates are going back up. I mean, we're seeing people are saying they could go down, they could go back up. We don't have a crystal ball on that. But typically, that's what happens in our business
0: is we look back and we're like, hey, remember a couple of weeks ago when we looked really, really good? Alicia, what about you? When you see this slide, what goes through your marketing mind? How how could your buyer's agents use this information to get either people off the fence or find those renters that have, have always dreamed of owning a home? What goes through your mind?
3: so you know we we talked about this um before our um little call and and i i had a rent a current renter um that's i think being entrenched in the market right now is why we're here you know and so this buyer was like, well, I'm renting right now. And I don't know, I'm really overwhelmed by everything that's happening. And, you know, I, you know, cause I'm sitting here going there's five offers on the property. You saw it five minutes ago. I need you to tell me that you want to buy it or you don't. You know, and then all the strategies that I've talked about, you know, presenting her best foot forward. And I said, look, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, the worst thing that can happen here is that in five years of owning this home, maybe the property doesn't appreciate as much as maybe it could. So you have to either, you don't get any money or you maybe bring a little bit of money to the table. Well, when you do the calculation on rent for the next five years, you've then you know pissed away 50 grand. So owning is always better. And when you have an additional $32,000 of buying power, the two things that go through my mind are, great now you have a cushion to fight for the house that you really want Yep. (laughs) Uh, because you have to fight and um or you can you can buy more or you can save you don't have to you know you thought you had your mortgage payment would be this because this is what you're paying in rent but it's actually less so you know i said to her i said get a roommate i'm like and then have them pay you and she's i'm like now you've got somebody else i'm like that's way i literally said this to her i said can you ask a friend of yours to just deposit money into a savings account for you every month? Mm -hmm. She goes, no, I'm like, you can when you get a roommate if you buy a house.
2: The, you know, and that's the perfect, it's it's the old uh, marketing we used to do, and then we would give it to the to the, land, the tenants as well. Rent versus own. It's a flyer. You create a flyer with it. You do a video now about it. What is the benefit of renting versus owning and vice versa? And right now, you need to buy because the, really, the actual amount of money you're paying for a mortgage payment is actually less in some markets than what rents are right now. Oh, and we- then- Undoubtedly less. Undoubtedly, and the reverse of that is, you have a seller that gets cold feet about selling because they can't find their next home to buy. Uh, it, every market I've ever been in like this, I've always told the seller, do the sacrifice, rent, sell your house, put the money in the bank, and be a renter for six months, yeah. so that you have bargaining power. Your money's in the bank. There's no contingency. You can go in and you can you can get whatever you want. Negotiate hard. And yeah. so you have to sacrifice in a rental in an apartment for a while. Do it. It's worth it right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even if you VRBO and get something for 30 to 45 or 60 days.
2: So right. many more options nowadays than there was right. 10 years ago. Right, right. right.
0: My, my assistant Ruby just sold her place, right? Cashed out, made a fortune for her in the last like three years. And she's like, I'm scrambling. I need to buy a house now. And the end "Oh, Slow down. Let's go find a one bedroom rental. <laughs> you know, a short term. And she's like, Oh, okay. Mike, right now, now you have all the cash. It's Pete
2: Jackson, the zen of real estate. You know, it's like when the game gets a little fast, slow the pace down and take control back. Right. Yeah.
0: Love it. Let's show this next slide. So I think this will be the slide. I mean, there's a lot of great slides here, but this is going to be the slide that people are going to be posting over and over and over because this one, this one, we have to explain. The next one punches people right in the face.
1: Yeah, let me give give you a little setup on that slide. It comes out of, you know, a study from Nara, Lawrence Hune said this, you know, and this is the reality of the market. Although uh, housing prices have consistently moved higher, when the favorable mortgage rates are factored in, an overall home purchase was more affordable in 2020 second quarter compared to one year ago. Yeah. So literally what's happening in the market is we're, we're rolling back time and, and, and the, the research team built this slide. The last time housing was this affordable by state. And you look, you look across here and you go, wow, lower rates. Have literally put us in a position where homes are as affordable as they were. You can see it by state. Some pre nineteen ninety five, which is shocking. Some you yes. mentioned Idaho, uh, current, but 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 affordability dominating uh, the the storyline there in uh, in purchasing today.
0: Yeah, the one I was shocked was Maryland. Yeah, <laughs> Alicia's like not me, but that one shot. Can you know Kentucky, West Virginia? I totally understand. Um, Iowa, I was actually really shocked about, I mean, Iowa, if, if anybody's paying attention has become a pretty interesting tech hub. A lot of companies are going there and, and making sort of affordability to live and work, et cetera. Phenomenal, uh, Arkansas, Louisiana, I wasn't shocked about, but your state, right? There we go. Idaho, the only orange one Yvonne. It's crazy. Yeah,
2: it is, um, an incredible thing that's going on over here, um, from the southern part to the to the northern part in 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 southern Idaho Boise is going to be your biggest hub. Um, that's where most of the uh, uh, immigrants <laughs> are moving into uh, from every state and uh, up here in northern Idaho. We're 50 miles south of the Canadian border in Sandpoint and uh, I'm getting calls on our lots on listings. Um, from West Virginia, from Florida, from Texas, all over Colorado, uh, Utah. They're not just coming from California, and that's one of the things people need to understand. Yeah. There's a large influx in, from California into Idaho, um, mostly southern Southern Idaho. However, it's really from all over, and um, and that's and it's been affordable. And there's remember, Idaho is a state only has 1.7 million people mm. as a state. You know, we have four and a half million people in in San Bernardino Riverside County, you know, wow. California. So yeah. when you start thinking about the numbers and then the expanse of, of property now a lot of that land in Idaho is national forestry and all of that so and open space. Uh, so, but there's a lot of room to grow. It'll yeah. run into problems. I mean, we, we know that already we're going to yeah. run into. You know, they just did a census. A guy came around, knocked on the door yesterday and, you know, what are you doing and who lives here and all that, because we're open for another uh, seat in the political aspect. So, um, so that's going to change some dynamics too in Idaho. So, but it's here. I mean, we've got people coming from everywhere and they're paying it. It's the sad part. The people that have been here a long time are upset because the prices have increased so much. Um, that it has priced a lot of people out of staying in their local area, um, but that's happened in every state of the nation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii used to be inexpensive. Right. Yeah. Just for the record, oceanfront Hawaii. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when my when my stepmom lived there, it was very inexpensive. Alicia, when you see this map, like yeah. this, this to me is uh, an entire video just going state by state, maybe region by region? What does it mean? Let's go back and say, if you bought a $400,000 house this year versus a $400,000 house in 2017 in California, what do you think?
3: I think, I mean, again, I I love the fact that you know, what this shows is that we're more affordable than, you know, generally speaking overall, like it's all pale blue, right? So right. We're, we're more affordable than we've been in, in the last seven, seven years, you know, whether that be interest rates or appreciation, either way, we're, we're doing really well. In, in my great state of Maryland, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I have been taught and I see this in the up and down markets that I've experienced over the last 20 years Maryland has an, a unique um, kind of a slight insulation. And the reason why is because we are right next to D.C. So yeah. we actually have a lot of D.C. suburbs that um, that are Maryland. And so D.C. is always in business. Right. Yeah. We're, we're never not in D.C. is never not in business. So we have so many things that then filter out that we don't like we didn't experience it as severe as some other parts of the country in, in 2007, eight, nine, and 10. I mean, we experienced it, but there are certain jurisdictions more hyper-local to Yvonne's point that really didn't see the 30% drop. They saw maybe a 10% drop. Yeah. So, so the fact that we're more affordable than 1995, it just kind of glosses over that we didn't really experience what everybody else experienced. And so that interest rate at two, per, you know, two point six, What did, what did my client get? 2.625 or something crazy low. Um, you know, that is really paying a huge factor. Um, and we didn't go down, but we also haven't gone up and the buyers aren't, they're just not having it right now. They're, they're fighting for it, but they're fighting for it more strategically than I think they did in 2005. They're just willy nilly offering God knows what. And I know in some jurisdictions across the whole country there that is kind of happening again, but the banks tightened restrictions, they didn't loosen restrictions, you know, they the appraisers I can't tell you how many tidewaters and under appraisals I have to deal with on a regular basis because
2: they don't want this to happen again. Can we talk about appraisals right now. Uh, um, It is appraisals. The appraisal industry is intriguing me right now. It is um, in a market like North Idaho. Now, California, we have a lot of appraisers out there. So we're still getting an appraisal. There's still fees are about 600 to $700 for an appraisal fee on a normal residential home. In North Idaho, there are a handful of appraisers and there's so much stuff going on, whether it be refinances or purchases that there isn't enough appraisers and it's going out to bid for appraisals and rural areas are usually like that. However, we're talking about thousands of dollars for a residential home appraisal wow. and, um, and buyers, the purchasers are putting a thousand dollar incentive on top of what the lender will pay the appraiser. And, you know, it's a very interesting, we had a, our own personal commercial property being purchased by a um, city and uh, transportation department. So kind of like eminent domain. That appraisal would normally be, a commercial appraisal would normally be about five, six grand. Uh, that appraiser got $17,000 for that commercial appraisal. And so it is nuts. And it's it's a really interesting uh, kind of undertone thing that people aren't talking about, but it is interesting to see that happening right now.
0: I'm going, to, I'm going to go a totally different direction with you. I am so fascinated by how AI automation and outsourcing, let's just call it Asia, the three A's, right? If you look at sort of the, the consumer's desire for a better quality experience from portal search to move in, move out, the entire experience, so much of this is going to be disrupted by the three A's, right? But when I, when I say this, it's funny, my, my 21-year-old son who said, well, dad, that sounds like real estate agents won't have a job soon. I was like, well, son, let me give you a little perspective. There's what a thousand different skews of an automobile today. So if I'm in the if I'm in the car market, there's a thousand different skews. Now, what color I want, and this and wheels and that. that, that done. is it the right engine? And you get it. I still got a test drive. I said, all that still requires a salesperson. And he's like, well, okay, that makes sense. I said, now I give you that data point because I want you to consider this. There's 128 million homes in the US guess how many are similar none right everyone's got to, i mean it, the the only way we can really disrupt this and i think the appraisals right they're in for a really good run they're going to do really well because they're the ones that have to come in and they can actually say let me explain the house let me explain the story let me tell you what it's all about i understand you know this side of the street versus that side of the street this view versus that view None of that, none of that's going to go away right away, my friends, unless every home in America suddenly was like a cookie cutter, three bedroom, two bath, 1400 square foot with the same view, the same lot, the same pool. So look at Bob McCrane said, but the appraisals are all over the place.
2: Yes. And that's the other issue. And, and so when you have that, then it takes a live person, a realtor to then negotiate how you're going to handle that. You Mm -hmm. know, it's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah.
3: I, I I I appreciate you know I'm I'm in this weird generation I'm I'm not much younger than you Tom because you had a birthday so you're in a you're in a new Thanks, decade yeah. now
0: I'm in that five zero generation <laughs> you're yes in a,
3: you're, you're <laughs> in a different decade now I'm still with a four um, but no I I I I, bound, I straddled the old school and the new school and I I'm all for technology and automation. Um, but what I, I still believe on so many levels, particularly now, and I touched on this, I think the last time we were, um, together is, um, people's anxiety is super high and, uh, a a robot's not going to fix that. Um, and that's only going to be, um, taken care of by a human by being able to say things like what's the worst case scenario, what's the best case scenario. Um, only a human can do that. And, um, you know, I, I can tell you right now, I have four closings scheduled for next week. In fact, my phone is blowing up right now with people who don't know that I'm on a national webinar. Like I need to talk to you um, because there are problems and, there, and problems get solved by humans, yes. not by computers. Yes. So um, I don't think you can safely tell your son that we're all going to still be employed. But as you've said, um, the cream will rise to the top. There will be no room for the agent who does not, is not skilled and knowledgeable um, and and treating this as a full profession. When showing time was down yesterday, a lot of the new, it was really honestly kind of funny. Yeah. Um, the new agents are like, what do you mean? How do, how do I schedule? How do rest? I schedule an appointment?
2: Oh my
3: God. Oh, you have no oh idea. Oh. It was kind of funny. It was like, well, you have to pick up the phone oh. yeah. and call the listing agent. And they're like, for all of them? (laughs) Oh, it's really fun.
0: You should just always have an MLS book sitting inside your office from like 35 years ago. Just go here. Yeah. you go. Here's the homes for sale.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yes, I think that automation is great. And I think that it's going to make us better, faster, stronger, um, more knowledgeable, but it still needs to be human powered. Always.
0: We're going to talk about that a lot, by the way, at the summit. David, take take us back into. I'm looking at this Javier uh, Vivas. I think I'm saying that right. This slide. Talk to yeah. us about this quote. And I'm again, we were just talking about uh, housing market recovery data. Let's let's jump into all of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is the story right here. You know, as we look at that affordability, all that. What does that mean going forward? And so, I think that it's articulated uh, well here. Uh, from Javier at Realtor.com says with supply and demand moving in opposite directions. If you remember that that slide we have, we've used sellers are clearly gaining the upper hand in the market as buyer competition builds up and prices gain momentum going into the fall. Yeah. And so what, what we see is all, all the things we've talked about going into the fall is that you know pricing is gaining momentum. And we've used this slide here. Uh, again, from the housing market recoveries, NARS uh, recovery index, you see we're at 104.8. We've kind of broken through that baseline of February 1st, not quite the 106.5 where we started before the downturn, but we're real, real close right now. When yeah. We look at demand, supply, time on market, all the factors that are, that are brought there relative to the strength of the market as we go forward. So, you know, I look at this and I go, okay, look, we've talked about this, you know, for for many, many weeks. Now we dropped down, we're, you know, coming back up. And uh, and I think certainly uh, where we stand today on the 21st, like you, you started off the call with uh, here in August, I've um, seen the housing
0: market recovering very well from everything that's gone on over the summer. Yeah. So I'm really glad we're gonna have this this next discussion. We got a few more slides for my friends out there watching. Um, I teased you in the beginning saying um, new construction is a really important leading indicator. Everyone needs to be paying attention to. Yeah. And I, I don't care if you're in New York City or New South Wales, you know, Sydney, Australia. Like new construction really is a super important leading indicator. So, David, yeah. you and the team put together a bunch of really interesting data points on this. Yeah. So let, let's jump right into it.
1: I think this story here, uh, you know, the research team's done a wonderful job looking at what's going on with builders, you know, and some very good information coming out in the last week that I'll share. And I think it's going to be really good to say, okay, what do we do to, you know, to capitalize on this? So I'll start with Zillow quote, uh, page views for new construction listings increased dramatically during the spring and summer with greater than 34% year over year growth over the last four months. And we're up 81% in July shoppers continue to show interest in designing a new home. Talked about this and you know the needs that are uh, out there today that weren't there you know four or five six months ago and, and saying okay let's go out now we can afford it we can buy the home that we want we've got uh, increased purchasing power and, and builders are no doubt feeling that so as as we look forward from MBA Mortgage Bankers Association, new home sales activity continued to rebound in July after a pandemic-induced low point in April. In fact, applications for new home purchases with home builder affiliates were 39% higher than July of last year. So significant activity, not just in theory of, you know, know, builders are seeing this. Now, what was uh, published here is builder confident at the highest reading in the 35 year measure of that series that just came out. So we're seeing, the needs change and folks going on and saying we want to do that. We're seeing activity happening, and builders certainly reflect that uh, in uh, in the index uh, housing market index and their confidence uh, on, uh, in the market. I mean, it, you know, just I a, just, a, just an example of this uh, of this drive back forward. go ahead.
0: this this slide right here, I think is critical for people to to really absorb. the The little note that I just wrote down, if you guys can see me writing is, I want every one of you today to do an Instagram story or just Instagram story because I want to be able to say yes or no. If everyone with me on that sort of yes, no polling. The question is, are you living in your dream work, teach and live home now? Because you look at what a lot, what are a lot of people doing right now, right? Are you living in your dream work, teach and live home now? And then the next page for me would be, have you had any thoughts of making a change? Yes or no? I challenge yep. every one of you to do that today and just watch the responses. As, as I talk to just friends of mine that are saying, you know, I, I loved forever the quaintness of my little two bedroom, two bath bungalow, you know, in the village. They're now like, I need a pool. I need a backyard. I need a home office. And these are the same things you've been hearing for the last you know, 120 days, right? Really more so the last 60 days but you might want to just test that today and see the kind of response you're going to get. When I um, I go back to that Zillow slide, all these people dreaming and fantasizing about building their home, trust me, and they're not thinking, how do I get something smaller with less space? Right. Alicia.
3: I talked to, uh, I had a coaching call with someone yesterday who is in the, um, New York state. So, um, about a two hour ish commute from the city. And, um, she said, and she's like, I think the third string choice of, of suburbs for people who are trying to leave the yep. verticals. And so she's like, well, they're, they're, they were going to the Hamptons and the Hamptons are priced out and then they're going. And she, she mentioned a couple of other, other um, areas and she's like, and now they're coming to us because um, I guess their median prices is like four to six. Oh. And you, know, you can get a single family home with yes. all the stuff,
2: yeah. right?
3: Yeah. So all the things that you just mentioned, live, work, teach, whatever, um, mm-hmm. plus the yard. And, uh, and they can't, same thing, they cannot
2: keep the inventory. Um, they just can't. Yeah. And you talk about Idaho. You know, it, we come up into Idaho and, and you're getting a two and a half to eight acre parcel, you know, um, and yeah. able to build your house on it. And that property is maybe $120,000. And uh, however, problem is, Builders are quoting two years out for, wow. for the completion of the construction. So it's, you know, but it's it's everybody and retirees. Um, they're looking to build a house. They're moving to Arizona and they want new construction. You know, um, it's a very interesting thing with the co- contractors. And I think the builders right now are really happy that they didn't load up on inventory because that's one of the reasons that they're they are happy right now because they don't have the standing inventory like they did back when the market was hot before the crash. And they ran into a lot of problems at that point. So uh, one of the things I would tell you though, the realtors out there need to be paying close attention, new construction and pending resale houses. You need to be talking to the new construction sales offices, make friends with them, Talk so to them. The and next say, slide, hey, right? I've that's got a build. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. I don't know. You're, I've got a buyer
3: that can slide right in. So. <laughs> yeah. right. No, and it and it's funny, David. You know, I'm I'm. I feel like I'm taking over Tom's job, but that's what you get yeah. when you ask for two, three rooms. Right. Um, <laughs> David, cue up that slide. <laughs> See you, Tom. You got
1: that. I was already um, there. It's a great setup. Great setup. So, I, you
3: know, it's it's funny, and you're you're. You know, this is exactly the slide. I I. I literally got a call from a new home construction rep, um, either a text, we, we did a deal earlier in the spring, my people bought a house, she loved me, I have these great little trifolds that I created um, for, um, the, basically, it's like a, it's like a business card, right? It's just that this is who I am, this is how I'm going to sell your house kind of thing. And, uh, and I gave them to her and she literally was like, I need more. I need more of those trifolds because I have so many people that want to buy these houses that don't have realtors. She's like, and I love you because I know you're going to sell it. You're not going to get in the way. It's super important. The flip side of that is I think part of the reason why the building is doing so well is you have the whole, you, you know, however many television channels dedicated to, you know, flips and renovations and new construction and everybody wants the shiny new penny. That is also a tale of two markets if there is a home that is in, you know, and and I even have a slide in my listing presentation that says top 10 pitfalls. One of the things is if you think that that updates or renovations made greater than seven years ago are current, you are sorely mistaken. Yeah. Um, I have two houses or three houses in my current neighborhood on the market, they're just sitting stale because they look like they're straight out of 1988. Um, And they're asking a premium price. You can't ask that, but to get through to the current crop of homeowners that your house is dated and people don't want it is actually very, very difficult. They just don't want to hear it. They have to sit on the market. If you look at the expired data, these homes, They get listed, come off, get listed, come off. Sometimes it's three years with hundreds of thousands of
2: dollars of price reductions before they finally figure out this is actually what my home is worth. And to that point, um, realtors need to really up their game with the technology because you can take a house that's outdated like that and do some virtual staging photos
3: And and you
2: get that out there because now the buyer can can now. Yes picture what it will look like. And if you want to go a step further, get some, get some contracts that says, here's what it'll cost you. We've gotten some bids from some contractors. Here's what it'll cost you to make this room or this part of the house look like this. And you've got to give the ideas because I, as a daughter of a builder, married to a builder, been around the new construction industry my entire life, people want to build a new house, but they don't really have any vision of what it will look like. You got to give them the vision.
0: David, let's go to that builder confidence, and we're almost uh, we're we're almost near our time. Uh, we got two important slides left here. So the one I'm looking at this builder confidence matches all time high, again based on record traffic. It's an important message. Right.
1: So so this you know this message here is kind of a you know the the text of what that graphic shows. You know, uh, it comes out of National Home uh, Builders. And a sign that housing continues to lead the economy forward, build our confidence in the market for newly built single family home, increased six points to 78 in August, according to the latest uh, National Home Builder Wells Fargo Housing Market Index. And again, it's the highest reading in the 35 year history series of that matching the record back in 1988. So I think that message of you know building relationships with builders right now is what we're what we're talking about. Kind of going back to the slide that uh, that, that you were mentioning before that home builders are looking for um, uh, agents to be able to partner with. To um, you know, I'll just read it here. Uh, builders are reportedly looking to build long term relationships with real estate professionals. And builders realize they need real estate pros to bring qualified home shoppers to their builders' sales offices as resale inventory remains tight. Agents are realizing they need to build uh, builders to give their buyers more options. So, uh, you know, I'll let you guys discuss that, but but really that idea about building relationships with builders, and, and I think you gave a great example earlier of it, uh, Alicia, in, 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 in thinking about that, how does that fit into my business?
0: Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's talk ladies just for a minute or, you know, strategically. We have a lot of, a lot of friends out there watching right now. What's the best way to approach the builder, right? Or, you know, that maybe the person building, you know, 10, 15 houses or three or four houses. What do you think is the best way to approach that builder?
2: You go. Look them up and, and just talk to them. Go out and see them. Take them to lunch. Um, you know, take lunch to them. Uh, just build the relationship like you would um, a client. It's, it's that simple. And then know what the market's doing. Who's their competition? Do you know who they're competing against? And what is one subdivision builder you know, charging and what's the other one? And go talk to them about what they're doing. We need to pull that data up so that we can do that. And, um, and but I would add one more thing. That same relationship building takes place amongst realtors. If you have a buyer that cannot get into a house, you need to call the realtors who have listings that are pended, that are already under contract and say, listen, I got a buyer, call me first. We'll slide them right in. The lender's ready to go. All we need is an appraisal. And so let me know if that deal falls out because we are seeing deals fall out of escrow, so.
0: Right, right. Alicia, thoughts on on building the relationships with the builders?
2: On the builder relationships,
3: obviously, you know what Yvonne said. I'd go out and do a video. I'd either do a live video or I'd, you know, have somebody else saying, "Hey, this is," and let them live and and tag the builder. Um, you know, promote just promote the builder. When when you do things for someone, they then want to do things for you. Yeah. So finding out what their pain points and difficulties are, um, and and try to try to fill those gaps. Um, but my knee jerk would be to Go with a video camera,
2: and and exactly right. And also on top of that, um, tour those those tracks, tour those um, models. Right. Make it a weekly habit of part of your prospecting that you're going and seeing those models that are out there, meeting them, and you know, and do the video at the same time. This week I'm at you know, um, Arctera, and uh, they they offer homes at this price range and with this square footage, and they have a couple of lots available and yada, yada, you know, do a video about it. Just like we were doing with restaurants before, now we're doing it with builders. And, and I really think we need to get the word out about that. Every single market, in fact, it's interesting, I coach agents in lots of markets, Georgia, Alabama, Arizona, Washington, every single one of those clients have, have builder relationships, every single one. So uh, they're everywhere in the United States.
3: Absolutely.
0: Love I love it. You guys can see me, I'm taking notes. Just, I love it, good idea. So David, as we wrap this up, I know we're gonna to be together in two weeks for the summit. Yeah. So my friends that are out there watching, uh, there will not be a This Week in Housing show in two weeks. We'll be uh, live in a virtual summit with tens of thousands of agents around the world. I certainly hope that you are one of them. Uh, my goodness, if you've not gotten an email from me or seen an ad from me, you've been hiding under a rock. Uh, if you're looking for a sign, this is a sign you should be there, right? You should absolutely join us. Uh, But David, we'll pick it back up in a month uh, following this. So sort of closing thoughts or recommendations for all of our friends out there as we wrap this up?
1: Well, I would go off that and say, hey, if you're not registered for the summit, get registered. I mean, it's you know, thinking about that in just a couple of weeks, um, I, I wish we could all be together in person like, like we've been, um, but, but virtually it's going to be fun and, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think the, you know, the, the, the message really as we go through this is what do we need to know going into the fall? That's what we're going to be talking about. You know what I mean? I see it there. You're there. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm excited about that, Tom excited to, to play a, a small part in that and, and be a part of that. And we're gonna be talking about the election. That's a big, big piece. We talked about it before. This is gonna continue to heat up and, and continue to be talked about. We want to get you well positioned with some great, great visuals. To, to talk about what what we can see happening in the market relative to that. So I'm excited about it. Yes.
0: And I heard uh, I was watching a Dana White, uh, U- the president of USC. I guess, you know, uh, Joe Biden is going to fight Trump before the election <laughs> and that should determine the match. So right, great right. pay-per-view mind.
1: on that could certainly help, uh, you know, contribute to some of this. So
0: <laughs> absolutely going back to headlines do more to terrify than clarify. <laughs> all right well listen my friends I wish you a happy Friday and a great weekend use this information as always you see on there go to uh you know mykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry that's where you'll find all the slides uh ladies thank you so much for joining us today bringing in the extra red power and the brilliance of you both Um, I wish everybody a great weekend get out there and sell a bunch and we'll see you in two weeks at the summit take care my friends